It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we have special guest, Howard Beck. We're going to talk about who won and who lost the Bradley Bill trade. Will KP opt in? And Chris Paul, is he staying at DZ or is he speed walking his way out of the 202? Next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NBA and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. And again, today we have special guest, Mr. Howard Beck. How are you doing today, sir? Doing well, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So we're going to dive right into the biggest news with the Washington Wizards right now, uh, Bradley Bill was traded to the Phoenix Suns. So in your eyes, who won this trade? Who lost this trade? And who's the blame for the return that the Wizards got from Phoenix? Um, well, I'll put it this way. There is a basic rule of thumb in the NBA that whoever got the best player in the deal won the trade. That's the kind of the general rule of thumb. But it's not across the board. And I think this is, in fact, one of the cases where I'm not going to say the Wizards won the trade. I don't know that anybody won the trade. It may be years before we know who won the trade. Listen, if the Suns win a championship with Bradley Beal alongside Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, great. The Suns won the trade. Um, And the Suns will have accomplished exactly what they set out to. But at a glance, and there's a lot still to come here, right? Like the Suns still need to build out the rest of their roster. Uh, The Wizards still have other things to do. Uh, They need to figure out if they're going to expand the deal and send Chris Paul somewhere else. Maybe they even send Landry Shamit somewhere else. It's a lot of moving pieces still. But forget wins and losses, who won the trade, lost the trade. I like the trade more for Washington than I do for Phoenix. And I'm doing Locked On Suns later today, and I will certainly say the same thing there if asked. Uh, I am not pandering to the audience. I like this more for the Wizards because of this. The Wizards have a very clear agenda under Michael Winger and his new front office. It's basically flush this era down the toilet and start over, something that they should have done 50 times by now. He has been given the the license that Tommy Shepard and Ernie Grunfeld did not have. So it's not entirely on those front offices. Ted Leonsis was stubbornly sticking to this kind of, uh, you know, treading water kind of plan where they were never going to tear down. They were never going to, you know, try to just start over. They were always going to stick with John Wall. They were always going to stick with Bradley Beal until the bitter end. And so that's how they got in this mess. So I like this for the Wizards because they're getting the fresh start that they have, that has been long overdue. And that contract is brutal. The no trade clause made it even more so. Having that contract 
was an albatross that the Wizards could not move forward from until they jettisoned it. Having that contract now in Phoenix means that, great, maybe they've got the upside of a championship because they have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They were already contenders, I'd say, plausible contenders before this deal. And there's a number of ways they could have gone from here rather than Beal. But they've just taken on what is the, now the most onerous contract in the NBA. So I can't sit here and and, and do backflips for what the Suns did in, in, in getting a third star because of the contract, because of Beal's injury history, because of the decline in his his three-point shooting the last couple of years. Maybe that bounces back next to, to two other stars. Um, the Suns still have a lot of work to do. And so, I like, again, the, and that'll happen. And we'll reevaluate this trade in a week, two weeks, two months, three months. But at the moment, while the Suns technically win the trade by getting the best player, I like it more for the Wizards. Uh, you asked about blame, so let me just hit that real quick. Um, and I've kind of already hinted at this. Like, it's, it's Ted Leonsis. It's the owner. The, the owner never wanted – he wanted to keep Bradley Beal at all costs. At all costs meant max extensions every time he was eligible – and it meant a no trade clause that they never should have given him. And because of those things, because of the scale of that contract and because of the no trade clause, it meant that you were going to get a bad return. Like you asked the question, who's to blame for this terrible return? It's not a terrible return in context. If Bradley Beal were making or averaging like 20, 25, 30 million instead of 40, 45, 50 and topping out at 57 million, you could have gotten more back if he didn't have the no trade clause and they could have marketed him, shopped him to all the entire league. You would have gotten more back. Um, if he didn't have the injury history, you could have gotten more back. So they got the trade they could make. And listen, you, when you evaluate a trade, you have to consider what the team has in mind and what the wizards have in mind is not just clearing the decks, but just having some flexibility cap room, the chance to, to, start fresh and they needed to do this quickly because what if the Suns went a different direction and now they're off the board and it's one of the places that Bradley Beal would have accepted a trade to what if the Suns uh you know I'm not saying they're going to get Damian Lillard but what if they just decided we're going to go for multiple players instead of one big star or what if another star became available what if it was you know who knows Carl Anthony Towns um the Wizards acted quickly and made the best deal they could make under the context of, of everything I just laid out. So it's a good deal in context. And again, they still might get a better quote unquote return out of this thing because they might still be able to flip Chris Paul for other assets. Yeah. Looking at who won, who lost this trade. I, I totally agree. The wizards, in my opinion, it's kind of 50, 50, you know, depending where Phoenix goes, how successful they are with their new big three, but getting his contract off the books is a big win for the wizards because again, that contract is a monster just, and, and then you add in the no trade clause, the 15% trade kicker, which he waived. But, you know, I think that's the biggest plus here for the Washington wizards. Cause yes, in hindsight, you know, the fan base is looking at it, the return and saying, you know, we could have got more, but me personally, I'm not surprised. You know, as soon as he signed that contract, I knew that this contract was going to be hard to get, to get off. It just because of the amenities that comes with it. And then you add in the fact that he chooses where he goes and he chooses what he gets traded for. I mean, there's a lot of power given to a guy that, you know, dis no disrespect to Bradley Bill, but he's not, an, he was, he's not a number one option. So, and if you look at the short list of one guy in the NBA who has a no trade clause, that just further just makes you scratch your head to why would you give this guy that amount of power? But 
again, you know, I, I agree with you. Getting his contract off the books is a big plus for the Washington Wizards. So um, we're going to jump right into uh, KP and whether he will opt in. And if he does, is he a tradable asset? And Monte Morris and Denny Avia, are they tradable? But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Now, Bird Dogs can make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches, so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We- the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He promised. Don't miss the Locked On NBA Draft Live on Thursday night. Pick-by-pick analysis from our stable of local NBA hosts, national reaction from our NBA big board hosts, and live check-ins from inside the NBA Draft. Locked On NBA Draft Live, starting at 730 Eastern time on Locked On NBA YouTube page. So we're going to climb right in with a couple of names that have been mentioned to be, you know, tradable for the Washington Wizards going forward. Uh, We're going to start with Kristaps Porzingis now. Obviously, he's on a player and option. So if he opts in, is he a candidate to be traded by the Washington Wizards or are they going to wait to the deadline? Or how do you see this unfolding? Unclear. Um, Obviously, a lot right now is in Porzingis's hands because he's got the player option. So um, I I don't know which way that's going to go. I mean, if he's a free agent, he's not going to make the 36 million that he's due. So if he opts out of that, he's, I don't, I don't think he's getting 36 million in a starting salary, but he's what 28 or so Um, middle, middle of his prime coming off one of his best seasons, but has the injury history that he does. And, you know, every player has to handle this a little bit differently. If you have a history of, of injuries, of serious injuries, and health concerns have, have played a big factor in your career, sometimes you're better off with just long-term security. Um, and you forego the $36 million, but you sign like four years, 100, four years, 120, whatever someone's willing to give you. And, you know, you, you, you net out better um, – by you know with by the total number right you you take the short term hit in terms of the the uh first year salary but you make it up and more by just locking that security because there's no guarantee that if you opt into the 36 that you're going to make it through another season healthy and your your market value you know could could be much lower a year from now could also be higher um especially with you know the cap continuing to climb and new new national tv deal coming up in a couple of years but you know that like that's that's the decision that only Porzingis and his representation can make. So I don't, I don't know where that's going to go. I could see that going either, either direction. Um, I will say this. I, to me, one way or another, he's going to be on another team by no later than, you know, end of February. He's either opting out and signing somewhere else, 
opting out and re-signing with the Wizards because you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. And maybe they do, you know, maybe, maybe they'll just decide, you know what, we don't want to take the chance that we re-up him on like a four-year deal and then he gets hurt again and it screws up our rebuild by still having him here, right? Um, so if he opts out, maybe they don't try to re-sign him. But I think in today's NBA, more often than not, you know, again, you're trying to preserve your assets, protect your assets and, and make sure that you never lose anybody of value for nothing. So I could see if he opts in, you're, you're going to trade him as soon as he's eligible to be, to be, to be traded because he'll be on an expiring deal and, and he'll be attractive to a lot of teams. If he opts out, you could resign him and trade him later, or you use him in a sign and trade. And that is, I think a strong possibility too. And if I had to, if I had to guess, I think a sign and trade involving Porzingis seems like the most likely option. Um, the second most likely is that he, I think that he opts in and they trade him once he's opted in, but one way or another you're trading him because, and this is not to say that, that, you know, like the, I'm not diminishing his value. In fact, I think he has value, but he has more value to teams that are, that are trying to compete in the near term. You're not building around Porzingis at this stage. Um, you are, you're, 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 you're tearing this thing down to the studs. You're going to rebuild around youth and picks and, you know, being opportunistic with your cap room at a time when, and this is, by the way, to go back to the trade wins and losses, you know, who won, who lost, and, and all the things that come with the trade. The NBA is about to, to, to move into this new era under this new CBA where, where a bunch of teams are going to be coming up against the luxury tax and this second apron and all these penalties that come with it. A lot of teams are going to be looking to dump salary. And when you're dumping salary, you're usually trying to induce other teams to take the bad contracts, which means the team that has cap room can say, oh, sure, we'll take that bad contract off your hands. Send us a, a first round pick with it or a bunch of seconds or a young player or whatever. The Wizards are putting themselves in a position to be very opportunistic. And Michael Winger has great experience with that because that's what the Clippers did for a long time before they eventually got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to come. So, you know, not having big contracts on the books, having the freedom to use your cap room in other creative ways is also helpful. So, um, you're not locking into Porzingis because he, he's more valuable to a team that's trying to compete now. And the Wizards have just bought themselves a, you know, two, three, four year window of rebuilding. So um, I, I think that's that's the likelihood there. You know, one way or another, Porzingis is in another uniform, if not by the end of the summer, then certainly by the early part of the season. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that the best course of action is for him to opt into his player option so they can flip him. Because really, at this stage, if you look at all right. Bradley Bill left for practically nothing. And then Kyle Kuzma, you know, there's teams out there who have interest in him who do not necessarily need to do a signing trade with the Wizards to obtain him. You know, he, people can outright sign Kyle Kuzma. So you very well can see him being moved for nothing in return for the Wizards. So you have to get some assets from Chris Zingas because, you know, the solid three, big three, whatever you want to call them, you know, if, if they're going to go elsewhere, you have to get some kind of assets back. But you, you made a comment that really resonates with me is that, um, bringing on bad contracts and accumulating picks. You know, under Tommy Shepard, I would be very terrified if you <laughs> going to a rebuild. But with Michael Winger and Will Dawkins and Travis Schlink, this front office has competency in there. You know, they know what they're doing. They know how to evaluate talent. They know how to get the most out of the draft picks. So I think, yes, the Wizards are putting themselves, one, in a position to rebuild, a total rebuild. But two, like you said, to be flexible. That's something we have not always been in D.C. You know, flexibility is something that, 
it just it helps rebuilds along. So I, I like the concept of bringing on bad contracts. Now there's been a few people that said Ben Simmons. I, I don't know about that, but <laughs> but you know I definitely agree with that sentiment that you know keeping us flexible and the ability to you know get assets, get picks, and I you know I I you know I really like us going into a rebuild because again we have a competent front office. So looking at a couple other names that are on um, expiring contracts. Monte Morris and Denny Avia. Uh, what is the interest around the league for uh, Monte Morris and Denny? And what is the likelihood that either one of them gets traded? Hard to say. Um, you know, it, it, there's we're moving in that time of year where, you know, there's going to be a lot of reshuffling. And I think before you even get to the question of whether those guys, you know, could be traded or what you could get for them. It's more a question of like, what do the Wizards want to do in this first season of having, you know, started the teardown, right? So Beal is gone. Kuzma probably will be gone. Porzingis, as I say, I my best guess is that he'll be gone. If not immediately, then, then you know, sometime in the next several months. And, you know, but you still have to have players on the roster. And there's a minimum salary, you know, a minimum payroll uh, that you have to meet by NBA rule too. And they've, and they've strengthened those rules under the new CBA too. So you got to pay somebody and you got to have a semi-competent team out there. You're not going to go. zero and 82. So, um, and you need, and you also, when you're rebuilding, you're going to decide, Hey, look, we've got some young players we're intrigued by. Let's, let's keep around this guy, add these guys, whatever. Denny Avdia's an interesting young player. Would he be of more valuable to a, a playoff team right now? Sure. Um, is there would there be interest in him if they made him available tomorrow? Yeah, I've, I have no doubt there'll be interest in both those guys. Monty Morris has been a really good backup and part time starter in this league. Uh, he had some really good years in Denver before the trade to Washington. So, sure, uh, like if if they want to make them available, they could get something. I, I don't, I, I can't tell you what right now. Um, but you also have to have some young players to actually you know, run out there and play games. It's you, you, you can't just go with an empty roster. So uh, Avdia, there is incentive to trade him now because he's, you know, he is extension eligible. He'll be a restricted free agent next summer. If he's not extended, you probably as a, as a rebuilding team don't necessarily want to go big on a, a decent and promising, but still, you know, not a star, right? He's not a star player. So how far are you going to go? You know, um, if he's of more valuable to uh, more value to a contending team and you can get something great for him and, and put the onus on that team to, to decide what he's worth and how much of an extension that, that would make some sense. So again, nothing is going to surprise me if they kept Avdia around for at least another season and just, you know, see how he evolves and whether they want to invest in him as a piece for the future, that would be one way to go about it. Trading him now before you have to deal with the contract would make a lot of sense. You know, Monte Morris, a little bit different situation. But again, like it's it's just a matter of what opportunities they see. My best guess is if teams are calling the Wizards to say, hey, who's available? It's probably everyone. And then it's just a matter of whether or not you think there's a, a, a good deal to be made. Yeah, looking at Monte Morris, um, I think a lot of it has to do with Chris Paul, obviously, um, because and we're going to talk about Chris Paul in a minute, but obviously the, you know, the Wizards are saying that they're not really in a hurry to move Chris Paul. So I think what they do with Chris Paul dictates whether Monte stays, because again, he's on an expiring deal. So, you know, if you, if you, if you end up flipping Chris Paul, then you can 
bring back Monte for one year on their rebuild. But um, looking at Denny, you know, I can, I can look at both outcomes. I can see them moving him to get some assets back for him, to get some value out of him if they don't intend in resigning him. But as a young guy, with, look, Denny often can defend at a high level. You know, he's a jumper away. You know, he needs to learn how to use his left hand. He needs to learn how to finish through contact. But, you know, he, he's a young talent that they can now develop. They don't have to worry about trying to mix him in with veterans and trying to go for a playoff push. Now you have the time to kind of give him those minutes and – help him along so you know I, I could see both outcomes him staying and maybe being flipped to the deadline it's very interesting but i think the big key word that you brought up is flexibility we have flexibility now you know we're not <laughs> tied down to a big contract you know and that's and look, again a big win for this franchise as far as getting rid of bradley bill's contract because now we have flexibility and we're not trying to you know work around that contract and surround him with talent so uh we're going to get into chris paul and whether he stays in the 202 or He's moved in another deal to a contender. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, hit eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know which part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. It's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president. Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So before we roll, um, obviously the, the, key, the, the key acquisition from the Phoenix Suns was Chris Paul. Now, the Wizards, they're trying to leave that Bradley Bill trade open for a three-team trade, see if they can flip Chris Paul to a, a contender. But, and maybe you know, he's definitely a buyout candidate, but they've also said that they're not in a hurry to move him. And so at this point, do you see him staying and maybe being a mentor to a young guard, especially if they go in the draft tomorrow and pick up an Anthony Black or Kaysen Wallace? Or do you definitely see him on the move? Chris Paul's not going to play a minute for the Wizards. I, I, I'd be shocked. I would be absolutely shocked. Um, for a bunch of reasons, and it's not just because they're rebuilding and he's at the end of his career and, and probably would like to be somewhere where he can chase a title. Chris Paul's family is still in L.A. Um, and, you know, being in Phoenix was was, you know, something he could do. He could navigate because it's a, it's a quick hop over to L.A. But, um, I, you know, I've I'd heard even back in midseason when there were rumors of a possible Chris Paul deal, I think it was to the Nets at that time. And someone had told me, like, Chris Paul's not going anywhere uh, that 
moves him even further from his family. So I don't, I don't see Chris Paul on the Bucks or the Celtics. I don't see him on the Wizards. I don't see him anywhere other than as close as possible to California or in California. So maybe they can find a way to rope in the Clippers or the Lakers in a deal. I, I'm not sure. Like, there's plenty of ways to make it work with the Clippers and their salaries. Plus, Michael Winger's relationship with the Clippers, I think, would probably help grease the wheels there. Um, the Lakers, I'm not sure how they pull it off. Uh, it would be difficult. Um, and, you know, even in the Clippers scenario, which, you know, even if that's the most logical one and kind of a poetic one for him to go back to the Clippers, where obviously, you know, he led the Lob City era, which, you know, kind of put the Clippers on the map before this group ever arrived. Um, it's tough because they're still trying to figure out Russell Westbrook. And if you're bringing back Russell Westbrook and paying him whatever you can figure out to pay him, because it's, it's a difficult uh, needle to thread there too, then what is Chris Paul in that scenario? Is he backup point guard behind Russ? Um, or are you bringing in Chris Paul and saying goodbye to Russ? Like, I, I, you know, there's, I, I can make the case either direction, but given the, the erosion in Chris Paul's overall game and, and his lack of availability sometimes because of age and health, I don't know. Um, but those, the, the LA teams seem to me like the most likely landing places. And if they can't expand the trade and do it that way, then I think eventually there's a, a buyout and he goes wherever as a free agent on probably a minimum deal. But, um, you know, they, they can, they can also wait, right? Like they can not expand the deal, make it, keep it as a two team deal, bring him on and say, listen, we're going to flip you at some point. Just, you know, be patient. You know, he may be clamoring for a buyout and being able to be a free agent, pick his spot, but it's in the wizard's benefit to, you know, uh, take their time and see if they can find a way to redirect him, uh, whether as an expanded deal or whether it's a separate deal down, down the line, but before, uh, before the season starts, um, but yeah, I, like I say, I, I'd, I'd be shocked if he ever plays for Washington. Okay. Like I said, it's, it's kind of flip side of the same coin. Um, if he stays, especially if we get a point guard in the draft, I would like to see, because let's be real, you know, Chris Paul is going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's going to go down as one of the best point guards in the game. So if you have a young guard, you definitely want a guy like Chris Paul mentoring your young guard. But like you said, um, his family's in LA and just, I, I don't see him here. I'm with you. I don't see him suiting up. So before we roll, um, now that Bradley Bill is a Phoenix Sun and they formed a big three with KD and Devin Booker, how do you think the Phoenix Suns can challenge Denver or you, you think they're not there yet? I'll definitely be talking about this on Locked On Suns today. Um, it, on some level, it's it's too soon to judge because the Suns still have a lot left to do. We haven't even gotten to free agency yet, we haven't even gotten through the draft yet. But you know, in another couple of weeks, we'll know a lot more. Are the Suns simply re signing all of their free agents? Um, is there anything that they can do with what little salary cap flexibility they have to get anybody else? They're pretty locked in. Um, are they flipping DeAndre Ayton or are they keeping him? Um, like there's still a lot of questions and, and uh, Hey, listen, if the Phoenix Washington trade expands to include other teams, who knows, maybe the Suns are still getting something else in return, uh, you know, in terms of some ancillary pieces. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mind the fit of Beal with Durant and Booker. I'm more concerned about all the other holes they still have. And those holes, again, will might be filled in the next few weeks. But 
Who's the point guard? Will they even have a point guard? Do they need one? Maybe it's just some combination of Durant, Beal, and Booker initiating the offense, and I think it could be a perfectly fine way to go, but I'm curious about it. Um, you know, who's who's going to be their their go-to defender to take on the other team's best perimeter player? Probably not one of those three guys. Um, so they, 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 they could use some uh, defensive wing help, um, and maybe they're just resigning Torrey Craig. Uh, there's just a lot of questions, and as long as there are that many questions, it's hard for me to say, oh, they're going to be in a position to knock out the Nuggets. The Nuggets are a more complete team. They're a team that's been together longer. They're a team that uh, has, uh, you know, if, if not a great defense, they've got some really good defensive players, and they've already shown they can do this at the highest level. They just won the championship. So I'm, I'm not about to vault any team over them based purely on marquee value, especially when the Suns have as much volatility with those three as, as they do, because Durant always misses a ton of time and Beal always misses a ton of time. And even Devin Booker, the last couple of seasons has missed a ton of time because of injuries. So um, maybe the, the Suns are inching closer, but I'm, I'm not ready to vault them into uh, the number one spot. Yeah, I think all roads in the West go through Denver. So <laughs> I think, it's the, like I said, the, the offseason is just now unfolding. But Denver, look, the champions, they're, they're a hard act to follow in the West. So, again, I, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll there. But um, appreciate your time today. Definitely appreciate you coming on. Do you have anything you need um, to plug before we roll? Uh, nope, just the usual stuff. You can find all my writing at uh, GQ.com, and you can also find it on my Authory page. That's author with a Y on the end, so Authory.com backslash Howard Beck. All my writing is there, and of course, uh, I continue to bounce across the Locked On Network, and uh, we'll be on Locked On Suns later. Yes, sir. So again, appreciate your time. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow is draft day, so we're going to do a live video tomorrow to cover the draft picks that the Wizards made. So again, Mr. Howard Beck, appreciate you for time. And everybody have a good day. And Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.